What's up? It's the Too Much Dip Podcast. My name is Dave. I'm here in Austin, Texas, in the Wash Media Studios, and I'm going to host today. As always, joining me is Dylan Shivery. Hello, Dave. Very happy to be here. Got uh, kind of football this week. I mean, we got preseason football this week. We got we got college uh, campus starting. Fall camp is beginning. What I'm trying to tell you is... You going through Rush? We're getting real close. Yes. We're getting close. Dave. Yes, I see someone has added upcoming events to this doc, and um, it's quite helpful because I'm somebody who likes to know what's up and coming. Oh. Do you see that down at the bottom here? I, I'm just now. Hall of Fame game August first. Is that tomorrow? Uh, it, I'm sorry, the the date is incorrect on that. It is this the Thursday. Third. Third. Okay. Yeah, Thursday. Still, still nuts. Still nuts. Yeah, credibility is out the window right out the gate. That's okay. Important dates. Never had oh, any to ton, begin with. Just a ton of fun stuff coming up, Davey. <laughs> a lot. I'm very, very stoked on the Bishop Sycamore doc that is dropping August twenty third. On Max, formerly HBO. Don't like it. Still don't like the name change. The guy who put this together, the guy who's just on top of things, it's KJ Ellis. He's in Madison. Hey. Speaking of up and coming, happy to be here. Um, love what you guys do uh, professionally and personally, just all around great guys. Um, yeah, I figured I'd, I'd, as Dylan was kind of getting to, football season doesn't creep up on you, but it's, almost they've got it like right at that perfect point. As soon as you're done being kind of tired of it, you got too much going on in the summer to pay attention to it. As soon as that moment hits when you're like, I don't really really remember anything. It's like, Oh shit. It's back. And then it's back before you know it. Yeah. Um, I like how, I like how it's, we're kind of segueing into this, this season because it's gone from, Running overall running backs discussion over the last three weeks, last month or so, mm-hmm. and now we're just going right into it with with uh, Jim Irsay and um, <laughs> JT, as I call him. We could just start right there because I think what we're going to do today is we're going to go heavy football, college and NFL. We're going to talk quarterbacks, the Netflix original, and then uh, later on we're going to do our combat sports and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. But, um, yeah, we could start right there with the Jonathan Taylor trade request and the uh, what's going on in Indianapolis question. Uh, Should we at least set the point of, I guess it's been about a week or two since the running back summit, a Zoom call featuring all of your favorite running backs from uh, your upcoming fantasy football uh, teams, I think. Austin Eckler from the Chargers led the way. Tony Pollard was in attendance as he is a franchise-tagged running back. I don't know that he has nearly <laughs> the leash to gripe about uh, contracts as the others on the call. Um, solidarity. Namely, yeah, solidarity. I, I, regardless, it affects everybody in the market. He's you know in, in conversations about contracts too. But um, the weird thing was they had that summit. Saquon Barkley was a big focus at that time. And he was a part of it. And then he went signed by all accounts, like a pretty terrible contract. He signed like less than a franchise tag because they had already given that away, I believe. Um, or no, he didn't want to play in the franchise play. He signed a one year deal for $10 million up to 12 million. And that lowers the overall franchise number for running backs next year. Jonathan Taylor, top three running back, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, who Bijan. else would you put up there? Just kidding. <laughs> Bijan, hey, the Bijan highlights are hitting my Twitter. I, I really high. hate that my brain like process it. Wait, like is he? <laughs> yeah, I, highest paid running back in the league this year. I think not the problem. I think I think it's pretty safe to assume if you are a f- running back taken in the first round and you are not a I will say top five running back the following season, something has gone woefully wrong. Because yeah, you are 23 years old and you're in your prime and you've got five years to make the best of it. And I think he will be. Much like Jonathan Taylor was his rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, 
Jonathan Taylor, I, I don't know if it was living in Dallas that made him underappreciated having Zeke locally. Um, it, even watching the Jags and following the AFC South, I had a healthy respect for what he did, but I think because their quarterback situation was so bad, I don't think I cared enough about what was going on with him and how productive he was. Anyways, fast forward to our second favorite owner of the NFL, Jim Ursay. Uh, guitar owner enthusiast? Yes. He's a, a frequent lyric. Uh, he's a lyric tweeter. He'll tweet some uh, obscure song lyrics on you, just no context. You've got to love that move. <laughs> I'm a fan of that move. I've, I've been on record saying if you could bring back any, like, it's passe the word, like social media passe uh, item, like instead of duck lips or whatever, like I'm very pro tweet some old, I don't know, less than Jake uh, lyrics or some shit out there when you're feeling a little bit uh, in your feels. You ever uh, tweet out Ryan Adams, Ryan Adams lyrics at like 3 a.m.? Because I have just in your uh, feels. I'm pretty sure I've tweeted out some Mac Miller ones at like 2.50 and I was like, oh shit, got to get that out of there. <laughs> I'll hit you with some James Blunt at like 2.30 in the morning, just really feeling it. Man, that is, that is really dope. Yeah. I love I love a good James Blunt drop at 2.30 a.m. on a Twitter. The only kind of blunt I really know about is it kind of just smoked that, smoked that sticky with. Oh, okay. Yeah, you smoke a blunt while listening to James Blunt and just tweeting. Yeah. Actually, zeeting. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I've never zeeted uh, song lyrics. Have you? Uh, I have not, but I feel like smoking a blunt while listening to James Blunt is like prime Snapchat story territory. Blunted. Dude, you would win the internet today, <laughs> sir, if you did that. Um, yeah, so Anyways. who are we siding with here? Because I know you're a, corporate, are, you're a corporate man. People don't talk about the fact that Jim Ursay is a uh, former SMU football walk-on linebacker. You did so, a lot there. You know, you, you check a lot of boxes. <laughs> he got that SMU education and then went and became a billionaire. What's the, what's the source of Ursay's money? Family, I want to say. I think his Frat. dad owned a dealership. Oh, um, <laughs> shout out to Frat Aliens. I don't know I don't if that's know. true. It's, it's family adjacent, but I believe he's the type where, you know, he had to work his way up from the point of having a job given to him on day one type thing. Um, he amassed his wealth primarily through various heating and air conditioning businesses. It's good work if you can get That's, it. Okay. Sounds like this might be a, a bootstraps uh, situation. No, I think it was given to him. Aww. But he became GM, I believe, of the Colts at like 33 or some shit, right? Isn't, isn't that note in there? Like youngest GM or whatever owner. At some point, he became in charge way too young. And okay. I think that set the stage for the Jim Ursay we have today. You will not be surprised to learn that he inherited the franchise from his father. Robert. There, so. there it is. You know, we're not here judging. Like I said, good work if you can get it. We love the Nepo babies. We sure do. So he had a he had a conversation with with Jonathan Taylor. Not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. A lot of people Man, confused I, dude, I, I almost went there. I did. Every time myself. every time the name is said in my head, I, I do the Thomas and I don't know why. So after the conversation, JTT left and said, I want to be traded. Jim Irsay said, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. I mean. Basically, the, the league will go on. You're not as valuable as you think you are. So It is what it is. Inherently, in his comment, he is saying that he is just as valuable to the league as Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. I think he was just saying neither one, of us, neither one of us matter in the grand scheme of things. But I, I think. I see what he's saying. The, the, the NFL doesn't cease to exist, but it, it would not be cool if a very young and promising running back uh, was no longer in the league, um, I feel like. Ursay, nobody cares about. No. He's just going to go slaying AC units. I, I, I think it's – I think we will miss J, uh, Jonathan Taylor much more than we will miss Jim Ursay. Facts. KJ, your thoughts. Who are you going to miss more? I feel like it would be Ursay. Like Content-wise? You know, if we start the season and Zeke is not on a team, I don't think anybody's really blinking an eye. Like Zeke, I, I, and I'm saying Zeke as an example of like somebody who's as popular as any running back in the NFL. 
I feel like Jonathan Taylor's, you know, from a popularity standpoint, I don't think we're here griping about how many first downs lost the Colts will have uh, the 30th team in the NFL or whatever. Like, I just don't see it mattering unless you're an Anthony Richardson stand or I mean, I'm here in Madison, Jonathan Taylor, a local legend, owner of a few toppers pizza franchises. Um, mm, best top. I'm sure people, <laughs> David, people care, but I don't think on the level of like the commanders just had a, a seismic shift of uh, a shift in ownership, which was a big deal for the NFL. I think that's going to have ramifications for years and if not decades to come on how they operate as a franchise and how that affects Cowboys and everything else. I don't think a running back when we're already talking about a market that like makes them valuable for three and a half years career wise. I don't think anybody's going to care if this was an injury, if this was uh Barry Sanders, uh, Ricky Williams, like I'm retiring early. We would care in the moment. We would not care in six weeks with all due respect. Did Le'Veon Bell screw up the running back market for everybody? He sat out, he, he sat out a year because he didn't get the contract he wanted. And he came, the Jets signed him for this big contract and he stunk. And it's like, oh, you, you're like the prime of your career is already gone. And we paid you all this money. Yeah, is that? I mean, I mean, he is obviously not the contributing factor here, but like that's just a, a well, right. you know a, a case study and like okay, that's why you don't pay running backs a lot. Can I contend that? I mean, I I put Zeke right there too. Of like the other star running back to hold out, he ended up getting paid. He produced, but on a declining number. Like his production didn't keep up with the value of the contract. Everyone knew it from the beginning. I might blame. Andy Reid and the chiefs or the Eagles or how much of the league is like a copycat league of like, Oh, the chiefs didn't have a running back. They go and draft Clyde Edwards Slayer. He gets injured. He's not even a part of their next super bowl the following year, really. Um, and teams seeing you can do this without a running back and be successful. I feel like that impacted it more than just the contracts yeah. with the individual running backs. And they brought Pache Pacheco, that his name. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco out of nowhere. Was, yeah, drafted in like the fifth, sixth round or something and ended up being very productive for them in his rookie season. It's like stuff, you know, there's so many, you know, examples that prove that like the best running back in the league and the seventh best running back in the league, there's probably not a huge difference there in production. Seventh ability. round. David, where did I, I uh, whoa, whoa, where did Isaiah Pacheco play college ball? Um, fuck. Pacheco. Exactly my point. Tulsa? <laughs> uh, I was going to guess Toledo. It's actually Rutgers. Okay. We were we were very close. Jersey. <laughs> okay. It's a, yeah. it's a good pickup, man. They, they know what they're doing up there. Yeah, I have to admit, like, if this if this story did not involve Ursay, who's just somebody who's inherently funny, and anytime he comes up, it's, it's usually for, I don't know, just something a little weird, like you mentioned earlier, the uh, vast guitar collection or something. I probably wouldn't be as interested, but uh, it is getting kind of dirty now because I, I guess they're saying uh, the rumor was yesterday that the Colts are considering placing JT on non-football injury list per source. He suffered some type of back injury while working out on his own in Arizona, and he's still rehabbing from January ankle surgery currently on the pup list. Uh, he would not be getting paid this year if that were to happen and he has since come out and said i don't have back pain i did not tell anyone i had back pain so it's uh we're tweeting y'all we're doing the tweets yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know i think for how much i enjoy watching ursay from afar you just don't envy the colts fan no not at all not would at you all. prefer to be a colts fan or a jets fan uh ooh, i I'm very bullish on the Jets, and I like what the Jets are doing. What? In 2023, Jets. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Then let me say this. Colts fan or a Broncos fan? Maybe that's a easier comp because everybody is excited about, like, Sauce Gardner and, you know, uh, Brees running back name. <laughs> if I'm choosing between two, two teams and one of them is quarterbacked by Russell Wilson, I'm picking the other one. 
Yes. <laughs> I That's fair. So you, I just can't can't get behind it. Well, what if I told you that it wasn't he was not the problem, that maybe the team was under you know going through one of the worst coaching do- jobs in NFL history? What if I told you that? That's a sorry thing to say about a fellow coach. I'm not league. a coach. I'm right. Dave. But I feel like Sean Payton said that. <laughs> he did say that. He did say that. Not cool, Sean. Not at not at all. There's um, got to be um, an unwritten rule among uh, professional coaches that you just don't say shit like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a way to say what he wanted to say without just. I respect his bluntness. More you blunt can, talk. You can say something like, "I'm confident that the staff we have around uh, Russell right now will get the most out of his abilities." Yeah, that's a better. We think way our scheme's that. a better fit for what we're trying to do. Yeah, we don't think it was a good fit last year. Okay, maybe that's a little bit out of bounds, but not just the wor- like the worst ever, man. Just a Sorry. really, really poor coaching job. Uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers um, has has responded, um, as you are aware, Nathaniel Hackett. And Aaron Rodgers are quite close in their time in Green Bay. Won two MVPs under Hackett. Aaron Rodgers came to his defense as well and basically said, not basically, he did say to Sean Payton, like, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. Said how disrespectful it was. Oh, yes. So we're there. Let's go. Or else, question mark. (laughs) He'll take it to the spirit realm. Like, you know, it's unprofessional. It's unnecessary. It created headlines. I don't, like, I do believe, but don't love the excuse that Sean Payton said. And afterwards, he's like, I didn't have my coaching hat on. I have my Fox sports hat on at the moment. Like, as if he'd been on the analyst table for more than four months. And it's been six months since then. But anyways, um, nothing that Sean Payton said was wrong. <laughs> It's just unnecessary when Hackett is an OC now. Like, you're not even attacking a peer from a lateral standpoint. You're punching down. Yeah. The guy got fired. He's not in the same role right now. Like, let it be. But I, I'm I'm the loser that uh, what I did is I went back and searched the uh, 2023 coaches photo, which usually brings some sort of entertainment when the coaches have their annual meeting back in March. Uh, Sean Payton, there's nothing of note worth sharing here uh, visually, but Sean Payton not sitting next to uh, uh, Robert Sala, so it's not like uh, I have anything to look into there. But for those of you who do go Google this photo, um, Sean Payton's way too chesty in how he sits. He's he's a Mr. Shoulders back guy. So that's that's really all I can Wait. deduct from or deduce from this. So we've somehow gone from his criticism – of a fellow coach to his posture, <laughs> which by all accounts, from what you're describing, seems like good posture. It's it's uh, it's it's jarring when you see it. I shared it to Randy. You're saying uh, he's an awkward uh, sitter. He is a very awkward sitter. First I, day at sitting uh, school. It's accurate. I have a, a bigger problem with how his lips are always like pursed. You know what I mean? He's always looked like he's like he has an invisible lollipop sticking out of his mouth. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> No, I mean, I guess tiniest little pee. I guess I, I think I understand. I've always noticed it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Hey, Randy, go ahead and zoom in on Sean Payton for us. Thanks, man. Yeah, show us his. Show us which one he is. It's not a large enough (laughs) photo. I don't think it'll be great. That's him. uh, Oh, Randy found him right away. Okay, that surprises me. He's got good posture. That's platform posture. He could sing uh, in the choir with that posture. I'm gonna send you one, Randy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna to show you to show these guys what I'm talking about. Is that video of him hitting a bong with a high school kids reel? Oh, I forgot all. Oh, about that's that. right. I don't know. Look at that good pool. I believe so. It was in Colorado. Uh, I, I just yeah. I just sent Randy another image. I don't think I don't want my head coach hitting bongs. I don't mind if they do the weed. I just don't want them doing the weed through a bong. Oh, that's that's a really small picture. Okay, okay. That, I kind of see it. See there. what I mean? Yeah, it's like he, or like he's he's bracing for a kiss at all times. <laughs> maybe he just got really good friends. He knows that they might just come kiss him yeah, at any maybe. moment. <laughs> just he's just he's just mentally prepared to kiss the homies at any moment, no matter what. He would up his coolness by having an unlit cigarette in his mouth at all times. It would make more sense, and it'd make him look like a badass. Or if yeah. he became toothpick guy, like both of those things, like he needs to pull the razor remote. That's it. Did y'all ever try to be toothpick guy? 
I don't like the uh, texture of wood. Fair. It, it, it freaks me out. Guy doesn't like wood. I respect it. I just don't want it in my mouth. I grip it. I don't lip it. Exactly. I'll grip it all day fucking long. You know that about me, David. I definitely was. I, I was tea tree stick guy for quite some time. Uh, early on in my Whole Foods days, which was during uh, high school. For some reason, I thought the tea tree oil sticks were just the fucking coolest way to just maintain oral hygiene, I guess, or good breath. So I would just be rocking a tea tree stick and two watches. Uh, uh, it was a real bad look. I had no style. The uh, In seventh and eighth grade, the the kids who were like cool, but they were cool because they did like bad stuff. Like they all smoked cigarettes. It wasn't you? No. I wasn't doing bad stuff in seventh and eighth grade. Uh, outside of like know, skate skating where I shouldn't be. Not that bad. Just minor That's trespassing. Bad boy shit. Minor trespassing. Uh, but they all smoked cigarettes. And the way you could tell who smoked cigarettes, they all thought it was cool to have straws. And they would have straws and they would hold them in their mouth like they were cigs. And they would just walk around campus. And it was like, ooh. Gotta, so this guy lame. smokes cigs at the park after That's school. So lame. It's so it's so lame. When I was in school in high school, I used to wear like uh, just white undershirts, like kind of like kind of skin tight, and I would take Marlboro Reds and I would just roll the pack up in my sleeve. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I also greased my hair mm -hmm. and like just brushed it straight back. Yeah. I, yeah. You also got in a lot of like choreographed dance fights. <laughs> <laughs> like you would break out into song. That's true. Yeah. I did do that. I we, was about to say, weird... I remember one day, I thought I saw Dylan. I was I was walking home from school. It was kind of a dirt road. He was pulling up in a truck behind me, and I was like, hey, can you think I can get a ride? He's like, you better run. They were throwing rocks at me. It was wild. Watch really? nothing but guys in white shirts. Oh, my god, Terrible. Okay. Terrible. This sounds, <laughs> that sounds really bad. Were they white shirts or anything else? Like, Do they have like matching hats or hoods? <laughs> like, I don't remember that, man. That was a long time ago. That was a different person. Whenever you say someone in the in a truck like throwing rocks, I immediately think to Forrest Gump. I, I thought he was doing a Forrest Gump play there, and it was like pretty much. It might be some racial undertones or yeah. overtones actually to this one. I don't know. Just all the tones. Yeah, a lot Forrest. of Savannah. What is it? Not Savannah. What's the town that I hate? Uh, a lot of uh, what's South Carolina town? There, but it goes Charleston. To. A lot of Charleston trees just uh, hanging over that road. That's all I can think of. Charleston. <laughs> Are we canceling those trees? Because I kind of like hate them. those trees. Willow? Is that a willow? Is that a willow? Yeah, I know what you're saying. The imagery. Plantation trees. The imagery is oh, not. 1,000%. Okay. okay. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they line the, your driveway up to your plantation home. <laughs> and, then, and, and then in the back, it's. Do you think if, like, do you think if force. If they brought Forrest on to like Maury to confront like the his old bullies, like the guys who were chasing him in the truck, do you think that they would be remorseful or would they be like, you know what? We pretty much uh pretty much made your life. We kind of let you we, if we didn't chase you, you would have never realized you could run and you didn't need those braces on your legs. So you kinda owe us. You're welcome for bullying you to success. You ever seen uh, that's how a lot of the bullies reacted on those uh Look on at those you now. shows. Like, look, you wouldn't be smoking hot now if it wasn't for me bullying you. If I didn't make fun of your ruining your childhood and your high school years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I don't think we're ever going to find out the answers. That no, question. it's a fictional movie, right? Yeah, the image search of oak trees with Spanish moss is just very triggering for me. That's that's all I've got to say. Mm. I'm sorry. I had to figure out what tree it is so I can avoid that uh, for any future landscaping discussions. Right. Right. Mm. <sighs> we want to do quarterbacks. Just stick to crepe myrtles. It's tough. We doing quarterbacks? When they bloom, they bloom. Yeah, where's everybody at in quarterbacks? Oh, I finished it. Ooh. Daddy's all the way. You likey. Through six, I want to say. Um, the one that's really stuck out to me. Uh, were you guys aware that Brittany Mahomes is an owner? Oh, 100 percent was the highlight of that episode. Um <laughs> what what do you mean, KJ? I don't understand. Um they did a great job of – I went into – I guess I came out of episode one being like, I can't do a season of Quarterbacks Wives Club, which this show has a tendency to be whenever they're just trying to fill content. But I think they're intentionally putting a lot of Brittany Mahomes and then Julie, uh, Katie, Cousins, Kirk's other half, 
um, where she's like, talk, Oh, how was your trip from Minneapolis, St. Paul, one of the largest international airports in the nation to Washington, DC, a place that she previously lived. And like, Oh man, I was hoping I was going to make it on time. Like very normal people problems. And then matching that with Brittany Mahomes, it's like, Oh yeah, she played soccer in high school. So we bought her a uh, women's soccer team franchise. I think what KJ is trying to tell you, Dylan, is that it's the juxtaposition. Hmm. You don't think she <laughs> she purchased that on, on her own merit? Oh, how do y'all know? I believe their own funds. Yeah, I'm sure she she went alone to sign the papers. I'm sure about. Right. I'm sure yeah, of that. Yeah, Brittany's an owner of the team. <laughs> Have y'all seen their house? Have you gotten to their house yet that they're building? Yes, it's finished. But by the end of the show, it's finished. Okay, <laughs> pretty fucking sick. Is it a sick house? It's pretty. It's it's gaudy and, and huge and, and unnecessary in so many ways, but it's fucking sick. Are we yeah. talking gaudy and unnecessary in like a Cliff Kingsbury kind of way, or no, just like it's I, I, it's probably more tastefully done than Cliff Kingsbury Cliff Kingsbury's house is, but it's it's just excessive. It looks like a hotel. Okay, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. They got room for the chain smokers to come through. They got room for the chain smokers to come through. Fuck. They, he, he has a golf a hole golf hole in his front yard. Ooh, that's some good scene like control a, if you can get it in the front yard, like a par four. It's Pretty sick. Wait, he's got a par four in his front yard. Okay, yeah. just one hole. Yeah, it's still though. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, he's, he's gonna play the hole probably a lot. But yeah, he'll get really good at that one hole. It'll be his signature hole. Right. Um. Also, just got to talk about the um, forty yards of field in the backyard. Jeez, I'm I'm just seeing this now. I've not seen it on the episode. I haven't seen uh, the finished version. Uh, yeah, you you can find it through, uh, via the the nine post. Um, but it's a lot, man. Mahomes is a perfect candidate to do cribs. Like he would be an excellent cribs guest. Yeah. This is where the, I can't do a Mahomes. Where's the magic made? Dude? Well, I think this is where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Happens. Not this right here. This is Brittany's office. You guys uh, want to see in the refrigerator. This is where she makes all the decisions about the, the soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's pretty um, much how that goes. Thoughts thoughts on Mahomes um, saying that he can't have uh, can't be a father of two children and have a mohawk. Oh yeah, he wants a a, a dad haircut. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't really have this problem. No, the guy is very limited, <laughs> very limited with my options. Uh, I don't, you know, I already have the mustache. Uh, I think he can. I think when you are a uh, Man, I don't know. Father of two with a mohawk. You know, now that he's now that he says that, it's kind of it's kind of making me wonder. What do you think? Um, either of you guys can take this question. What do you think the appropriate appropriate Pat Mahomes hairstyle for being a father of two should have? Go ahead, guys. I'm not one to tell another man how to do his mm -hmm. hair. Me neither. Yeah, good answer. Uh, his mohawk is just it's it's so him. I'd be weird to see him with something else, but I'm sure we get used to it very quickly. I don't know. He is him uh, though. Go ahead. He's very good. I was going to say, Travis Barker, I feel like, sets the standards as, like, if he can have a mohawk at, I don't know, approaching 50, and I'm guessing he has four-ish kids, it's probably okay. Yeah, but if you're in a band, rules Three, don't I guess. Rules do not apply to you. You can do whatever you fair. want. That's fair. His drum kit I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want Pat Mahomes in a... In a uh, I don't want Pat Mahomes in a band. <laughs> yeah, T-Bar came through, brought me a kit, drum kit. Um, that'll be the end of that. We don't have to do that voice anymore. <laughs> Apologize. Um, I like the Kurt, Kirk uh, Focus tool. The, uh, oh, you got there finally. The electrodes. Yeah. Or whatever. I do. We What do we think? On the level of, let's say, 10 being the most scientific, one being pseudoscience or least scientific, uh, where do you think this ranks? How does that thing know if your attention starts to drift? Right. So I, I, I don't know if I trust the tech. Uh, brain waves? You don't think the tech's there? I, I think the concept is there. I just don't know if, how accurate that thing is, knowing if my attention is on what I'm watching or not. Does it just track your eye movement? Like what? I don't fucking know. Maybe. I don't I'm know. Not, but I'm not a woman in STEM, but I know that the <laughs> technology exists for like cars to know when you're not fully paying attention to the road. Oh, yeah. But I don't know that I 
trust the me looking down at my phone in the front seat of my car technology. Like that was the most notable thing to me is you're the quarterback in an NFL franchise. NFL like franchises have unnecessary amounts of space of office space in their buildings. Nobody is there full time. You're telling me you couldn't have found a little breakout room to knock out your focus time. You didn't have to like eat your lunch on the car and listen to, you know, yeah, I'm not even going to go religious with this, but I envisioned him also listening to some sort of mega church podcast yeah. while he was you know, getting ready for this focus sesh. Also, how about Kirk? I guess it's written into his contract that he just takes every Tuesday off. Have you gotten to that part yet? Uh, I believe so. Which it's, I want to say it's like episode six or seven. Six, it, I think. Every every Tuesday, like during the season, he's the only one that doesn't go in, and he, that's his personal time. He spends it with his wife. Interesting to me. Wife I, I need to know how common it is, you know? And, yeah. and, you know, like how much of that is, oh, we trust that he's getting his work done, so we let him, we let him do it. I, I don't know. He had a great year statistically, and I think a lot of that – even the show was showing that like Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. He knows his shit. And there are times where like Kirk Cousins like almost outs himself to going rogue on decisions. It does not pay off. He trusts Kevin O'Connell and they succeed. And so at this point in his career, he's going to run out of excuses if, uh, if he's not like fully that guy at the end of this year with Kevin O'Connell in year two. I don't know. Do I'm not think, trying to veer this like hardcore sports opinion, but like that's all I'm seeing for him is maybe he's not that guy. Do you think he was like uh, the reason he didn't, couldn't find a breakout room. He was like looking for an empty one, but like Brian Flores was in there taking a call or something. <laughs> their DC. Why you loop Brian Flores into this? He's their DC. <laughs> You're just reminding everybody. Yes, it's possible. It's possible. What Brian Flores do? <sighs> I forgot why he was in the news. What What did he do? Because Brian. he say he said that Stephen Ross, owner of the Dolphins, um, not threatened him, but basically pressured him to lose games uh, in Miami, and then Ross right. really fired him for potential racial purposes. That's right. Yep. Then, I did not. Realize. Know, they made up for it. I, I until I ran a search for a name to insert into that very very mid joke, um, I, I didn't realize that Brian Flores was the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. But that's a hey, that's a good gift for them. Sure, <laughs> on paper, pretty good. Correct, team. pretty good team. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know if I would feel great if my franchise quarterback was using that gadget. Because it would it would worry me because it's all for focus and not panicking in the moment, which is great that you're thinking about those things. But I feel like if you're having to try to like rectify that and you are in like your what eighth year in the NFL or something, it's probably too late. It's probably too late. You can't just you can't just put that dog in you. You don't think so? You got to just have it. You're born with it. I'm just I'm just thinking of the, the guy in the collie suit who had that man in him. Yeah, that guy in him. And that guy in him. Did you see the guy in the collie suit? <laughs> 1,000% I did. I very quickly felt like he got his money's worth. Like, it that's a tremendous value. <laughs> it looks great. They're, they're, saying, they're saying that he's got that guy in him. <laughs> uh -huh. It made me think of, uh, you know, the first time you see the GIF or the uh, little clip of the, the kid's uh, Transformer, like, costume, where it folds down from, like, what yes. you call it, Voltron or whatever, down into the car, and you're like, holy Clark's shit, that, that actually looks pretty dope. No. Parks no. had some dope he had a, shit. I think he had a tr like a Transformer costume, but it didn't actually transform like the one KJ's talking about. That's yeah, the one where like they fold all the way down, and you're like, holy shit, that's, you know, yeah. kind of cool, probably a beating, but like I saw that guy, and I'm like, kind of like I felt like when I saw a real doll. Like, I'm, it's not my price point, but, you know, I see where the value is. Do you think there's pay, some pay more stuff going on? Evil. I hope so. Fuck yes. For 22 grand, again, it could be a Toyota Corolla. If it looks great, there's going to be some kinky stuff going on at some point in time. Last thing on the on the dog suit guy. Do we think he, do we know if he, when he has it on, does he only uh, vocalize or communicate through dog sounds? Or does he, he he's does like, he hey, talk? what's up, man? 
He's like, he, does he stick to mascot code where they just refuse to speak when they're in costume? Or does he like when he's getting belly rubs from his girl? Oh, does he? Does he like? Does he do the leg? Dude, I think he's. I think he's fully committed. Yeah, like he rolls over <laughs> and he does the like that on the back. You know? Oh, that's he's a, not checking like uh, his his emails from the suit and getting that four thirty meeting request. Like not not again, Pam. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot to take the, he forgot to take the costume off for the zoom call <laughs> he's like oh my here. god this is so embarrassing hang Pep, on you're guys. gonna have to forgive me you're gonna forgive me i had this time blocked off so what what, what is it that you need yeah. <laughs> i'm on my walk right now please leave me alone <laughs> man you know what i like to wear when i walk or when i do anything is it spelled mugsy mugsy ah the most comfortable jeans, the most comfortable chinos, shorts, and joggers ever. Made from the buttery, soft, patented stretch materials that look stylish, but they're insanely comfortable. Never too baggy, never too tight. They really are just stupid comfortable. They feel like sweatpants. They fit. I mean, they, the fit of them, like you said, they're not too tight. They're not too loose. They're perfect. They're spoiling my legs, and my little so legs here. Your legs are spoiled, too. I, I can wear them in the summer, and I don't even have the Cool Max ones that they've been pushing. They also just won't send them to us, and I'm really upset about it. We're going to keep bringing that up until, until we they... get some damn Cool Max in here. No, the guys at Muggsy's, they got one mission in life. Give every guy the confidence to walk blindly into their closet, reach out, and know whatever they pick will have them looking good and feeling even better. You will literally never have to shop anywhere else again. They do have a lot of different things. The T-shirt, the pocket tee that I'm a big fan of is probably my favorite t-shirt they sneaky have some of the best looking sweatshirts in the game not shirts are great too not even a joke not that we're going to be able to wear those for another four months but when we, when it no. does get cold again it'll, it'll be here we will rock those we definitely will mugsy's also just dropped as dylan mentioned the cool max denim that are like ac units air conditioners for your legs they spent years in the lab developing the most breathable jeans ever designed with lightweight fibers to ensure a cool breeze with every single step go from the backyard barbecue to the bar in one swift motion all summer long. Randy was telling me earlier that he's been absolutely sending it in his Muggsy jeans. Is that true, Randy? That's what he was saying. Head to Muggsy.com and get 10% off now using code BANG. That's 10% off some of the most premium jeans, chinos, swimwear, and shorts on the internet. Muggsy also offers free shipping and returns, so there's no risk to giving them a try. If you're in Chicago, Boston, D.C., or Austin, Texas, Make sure to head downtown and check out their storefront as well. Easy vibes every time. Enjoy a beer while you shop. Remember, Muggsy.com, code BANG for 10% off. Uh, we could put a bow on football if you guys want to talk Big 12. Okay. Yeah, I, let's hit that now uh, before we get to our comments. Oh, I didn't sports. see that you had moved it. I apologize. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um. Big news, I feel like, and not out of nowhere. Colorado, the Big 12, is nothing new for those hearing this this week. But you know, I think this hit, like most things do, what, Monday afternoon or Tuesday midday or some shit is when this, like, came down the pipe. Um, and it moved very quick. It went from rumor to, like, meetings being scheduled, approvals done, and then uh, the Big 12's announcement was, what, they're back? Correct. Got to say. That was the press release. Uh, Big 12 PR team, they're kind of sending it. No, that it was well played. <laughs> Probably would have uh, hit more if it was a program that wasn't Colorado. They got prime time. When you compare MJ to Colorado football, not exactly the same level, but still a, a good get. Yeah, you got, you got prime in, back in the conference. You got prime back in the conference. Or in the conference. He's never been in the conference. Huh? Right. Well, he hasn't. Okay. Sorry. You get prime in the conference. Uh, I feel like Colorado's a good fan base. I feel like even though they have been um, historically bad for many, many years. Even Natty? Shared Natty? Shared Natty. And they have something a lot of teams don't have. Their mascot uh, shot himself in the dick with a t-shirt cannon. He did. One of, just an all-time video. Just one of the biggest beefings you'll ever see. Right to the nards. Right in the right in the penis. Yeah. Just right in his little penis head. <laughs> nards. 
Uh-huh. To be clear, we're talking about the mass, not the live not, animal mask. Not the actual buffalo. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. The field. <laughs> no, no, no. You, that, no. But, yeah. Buffaloes are tight. Anyway, I'm. Ex- this is cool. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's. It doesn't make you immediately better if you're the Big Twelve, but so can we give, speak give about Prime that a three bit. years? Uh, I think it's a big move. I'm you've got TCU opening the season with Colorado. I think that'll be fun now for whatever extra reason. Um, I think it will impact some Texas schools' recruitment. If Colorado has any level of success, it will be a quick ramp up uh, for attracting talent to Boulder. What I'm not a fan of, um, as, as, uh, the amount of conference stanism that's come of this, like all of the sudden big 12 fan bases are somehow like anti pack 12 people and like trying to yes. showboat on the grave of this. And I'm like, there is a lot what of, what are you bragging blood. about getting Colorado? <laughs> like, yeah, I see that you're a part of another conference's demise. You somehow think like, you know, the list is shorter for us. You're to the Ariana the playoff, Grande like, of college football conferences. But she's a home record. Come on. Okay, she? fair. She's hooking up with the her. Yeah, she, she was running around on her husband with the guy from Wicked. You're on Dumois way too much. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, man. the guy from Wicked. Yeah, Dylan, you know the guy from Wicked? Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. know Wicked him. Guy. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Looks like the fellas need some tea. It is midday. The wickedly talented. <laughs> the original cast, right? Um, but, like, this does leave a bigger conversation for the Pac-12. The rumors are Arizona is also a part of the move, but Arizona has been very clear about saying we are not leaving until Pac-12 presents their media deal, which that's been the biggest what the F is going on. Because it has a lot of downfield or downstream ramifications. Like, if the Pac-12 doesn't find someone or doesn't find a media deal like that keeps Arizona interested, it's going to get ugly. Um, rumors have it that SMU is first in the door after San Diego State kind of played chicken with this whole situation. Played themselves. Yeah, I, I don't even really know what to make of that. Maybe they still go. It, it costs thirty-seven million dollars for them to backtrack and like go to the Pac-12 at this point. So who knows if that'll happen? But does it matter to either of you if the Pac-12, as it kind of exists right now with nine teams, like if that it continues in some form or fashion, or would you be okay if Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, all get absorbed by Big Twelve, Big Ten? Pat, uh, SEC and ACC. Um, it will bother me. Um, just the fact that Pac-12 after dark has become such a fun thing, especially as a a dad who's not really going out much on Saturday night. Having that late game, you're still which gonna have you late s- still, West Coast games. You still are going to have, but I, you're not going to have as many notable ones. Um. And it's the travel. The travel just doesn't make any sense. But it's not my problem. And then they got to factor in Jaquindon, but he'll be gone after this year, so it's not really going to affect him too much. Uh, yeah, it's not going to affect me too much. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly care for the Pac-12, but I they think they have a place in college football for sure. Um, yeah, I don't really have feelings for it one way or another. I. I just. It's things are getting weird. It just we're kind of like what like three mega conferences and then it, everything else is just going to go by the wayside it's just strange how it's all shaping up to be i don't know kj where's rashad samples gonna land after he leaves uh, arizona state when they're left out is that where he's at now oh. i haven't kept up yes uh you gotta wonder like the career trajectory of rashad samples and like uh dion's moves like there's a lot of them but they've always been upwards, so, uh, and they've always come back to Texas. I don't think Arizona State's going to be a part of any Big Twelve move, uh, but I do see Rashad Samples. You know, this is completely shooting in the dark. Like he, I feel like he's got to get some looks at a coordinator position somewhere before he takes over the head coach job at Duncanville. He's the, currently the uh, <laughs> passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach at ASU. 
So good for yeah. him. Of course, if you don't know who Rashad Samples is, I mean, what do you not follow Texas high school football as closely as we do? I guess not. Oh. His, his dad is a legendary coach and the coach of the uh, 6A state champion, Duncanville Panthers. So, <laughs> Oregon, they go in Big Ten? I guess. I, I don't even know what I want to come of this. Like, as an SMU fan, I don't even look at this and say, like, oh, I can't wait till the SMU's there. Really, it's just, I, I don't know how this whole realignment era hasn't, like, resulted in, like, relegations. Like, Iowa State's still being held on to. Um, Vanderbilt, tremendous university academically, excels in baseball, question marks after that. Rutgers, similarly, uh, in the Big Ten. Like, it's weird to me that you're seeing all of this talk about absorption of teams and conferences getting bigger, but you're not hearing anything about, like, conferences being – or teams being pushed out of uh, conferences, which back when, like, the Big East, that whole – situation happened like when that came to be a thing and then disappeared you had the talk of like who doesn't fit the boat and you know whatever i don't know we'll see uh it does make me think of those images of smu was a member of the big east for like the six weeks that it existed before it dissolved so there's like pictures of smu's logo next to like west virginia before they bolted for big 12 like mm-hmm. in Times square and i'm like man what would have been Mm-hmm. That was our gateway, and oh, yeah, nothing ever came after that. Um, all right, enough football. Combat time. Let's just talk. Let's just talk what went down Saturday night. Yeah, we had UFC two ninety one, which yes, I watched, but I also watched the uh, events going on in Las Vegas. The uh, super fight at one forty seven. You had Bud Terrence Bud Crawford versus. Errol Spence Jr., my favorite fighter. And I will tell you, it did not go well for me and my rooting interest. Oh, my God. KJ, you watched, right? 100%. Yes. Um, um, I don't know what, like, we talked a little bit about the fear as a fan and, like, those nerves. And all of that was validated, but not in a way of, like, I, I don't even know what to equate it to. Like you went in, your team got their teeth kicked in, but boxing is one of those sports where you're just falsely giving yourself hope of like, Oh, everybody else is wrong on the scoring. Oh, it's actually not that bad. Oh, they shouldn't have called the fight. And like, once you take those rosy colored glasses off, you realize like, yeah, that was, that was really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it just, Crawford controlled the whole thing. I, I mean, I didn't watch it. Uh, first round, when, uh, Spence probably got the first round, um, which isn't anything crazy. Crawford and a lot of fighters, they kind of take a little while to figure out timing and speed. And then it was, yeah, Crawford knocked him down in the second round with a, with a jab, I think. And Spence had never been knocked down in his career. Gets right up and – it became very clear it was going to be one of those things where Errol landed a an overhead left hook and Bud just ate it like it didn't it didn't phase him at all and after that moment the entire fight changed it was like oh you you who are supposed to, you know you're the bigger guy technically um, you can't hurt me so I can just I can take I can tee off and I can be the offensive fighter and he did. Uh, and it was bad. And I thought it was a – at first I thought it was a bad stoppage. And then, like, immediately I was like, no, what am I talking about? Dude, that was not going to – that wasn't going to switch. It didn't look like a moment where you would stop that fight. Maybe in between – like, at the end of that round, but it was a minute – there was, like, a minute and change left in the round. The yeah. tenth, I guess it was. But Arrow was losing his ability to defend himself, but it wasn't explicit that – he didn't have an ability to impact the fight offensively. He just, his, his defense was waning and Bud's Crawford's punches. Like that's the wild thing about this fight is that the percentage of power punches landed was like 68% for Bud Crawford. And it wasn't because he was doing anything significant. It's just that all of his jabs landed like with direct impact. And you don't want to see that. Um, 
I will say that the initial knockdown, and it may be watching it from an Errol Spence fan standpoint, was one where uh, Bud Crawford caught Errol Spence like in the neck and in the chin. And it was a direct hit, but it was one where the force of the hit, and this is going to sound stupid, it wasn't like the damage from the hit began to knock him down or stumble him, but the force of the hit knocked him off balance, almost like a push a little bit. Yeah. And then he caught him again. And again, I don't think the second one damaged Earl Spencer, like really rattled him that much. It's just no. that it was a quick two knockdown. Well, and then in that moment, I think his confidence was shaken. And from there on, like he was out of position, he, he was, was playing he catch was up an yeah, awkward position and got hit. It wasn't like a hit that, you know, wobbles your legs or, you know, stuns you. And he got right back up. But, yeah, it was – he looked pretty shocked. Um, you know, first time you go to the canvas, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, hats off to Bud, man. Everybody – he was the favorite. Everybody – most people were picking Bud. He's awesome. He's undefeated. He's pound for pound the best fighter in the world right now uh, in all weight classes. And hats off. The dude's sick. Uh, <laughs> there's a rematch clause – Errol tweeted that let's run it back again by the end of the year. And I'm just thinking, dude, that is a bad <laughs> idea. I am Walter White in the car screaming at Hank. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, because I, I don't know if I ever want to see this fight again. I don't know if I want to see Errol Spence fight again. He, he, I don't know. I'm not going to say that he has noticeable cognitive decline, but Errol Spence was in a horrific car wreck. Uh, three or four years ago, rolled a, then had a separate rolled, injury. Yeah. Rolled a Ferrari and flew out of it at like 120 miles an hour. Uh, you know, it was in the hospital for like six days, had some head trauma and I don't know, man, he just looks like he's slowed down. And that's not to take, that's not to say that he was compromised when he fought, Bud, but man, he just got hit. He just got teed off on. You need some serious time off and you need to, I don't know what you can do differently. Against um, Bud, if you think you're gonna, you know, go the distance with him. I mean, it made it to ten rounds, but I don't know that that's the achievement that it sounds like because of how bad those rounds looked from like four to eight or whatever. Uh, it, that's the thing about fighting that I've always a little bit hated. Like, unless we're talking about significant long term damage to the individual, I don't have a problem with the fighter continuing to want to fight, but like the value to the sport in the fans of seeing this fight again, I think is significantly diminished. Now, Farrell Spence were to fight somebody else, demolish them and him and bud wanted to run it back again. And everybody's like, Oh wait, no, this is just showing that bud Crawford was that great. And Errol, Errol still is a legitimate contender. Then yeah, maybe, but that's not how this works because then you get, what was it? Uh, Anthony Ruiz screwing up the heavyweight uh, title belt for a couple years with um, Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Like you get Anthony Joshua knocking out uh, or Anthony Ruiz knocking out Joshua and you never get Wilder Joshua at their peak. And then Tyson Fury takes over from there. Yeah. On. So like if somebody else was to creep in like a Ruiz, like and ruin this whole story, like it's not a net game for anybody. So either you do it or you don't, but uh, it's a career ender. If he goes into that buzzsaw and gets beat again. Uh, agree. Um, man, I was feeling good during the walkouts too. Cause you had Errol comes out first with big X, the plug, mm. if you know, you know, and then you get bud who comes out with M and M mom spaghetti. Uh, that song, that song is so generic. So bad. You should not, you don't care. Don't care. You get Eminem out of bed unless he had a show next door. You got Eminem to say yes to that. You're an Eminem homer. 1000%. If anyone who doesn't know me knows and needs to know anything about me is that I was writing papers on like Eminem's like unauthorized autobiographies in the seventh or eighth grade. Cause I thought like, Oh Jesus is uh this is my musical Jesus. I need to follow this into, uh, into the end. Um, so of course I was very pro, uh, walkout here, but he got him to agree to just 
all he, all he did was the verbal intro. He didn't rap a single line. I think he realized <laughs> after watching uh, his counterpart, Big X to plug, uh, realized there was some feedback and it didn't sound great. It was kind of uh, awkward. So Eminem didn't even attempt to rap the uh, Mom Spaghetti song. He just walked out with them. Oh, I thought, okay. I thought you guys were just saying they played the, their songs for the intro. No, they, they legit had these artists walk gotcha. out, which is a relatively new phenomenon in boxing. Um, Father of Haley Mathers was there for yeah, the fight. It was, it's just, it was wild to see Eminem just walking <laughs> out. Like, there's a, like, there he is. There's Marshall Mathers. Um, like, I don't know. I got. Uh, I do want to talk it. a little bit of the UFC. I, I want to talk the UFC very quick. I know we're we're probably long on what we're what we wanted to do with combat sports. We'll move the Rangers to the sports party, but really quickly. It was a peak combat sports night, and because of how the boxing went, beautiful, well done by the UFC of really staggering their event to make sure that you got the main event as soon as the uh, fight was done with boxing. So that viewers like me who paid for both fights legally, of course, uh, could click over and watch uh, Gagey. Um, Poirier. Thank you. I was going to say Mike Pereira. Well, you know... (laughs) Well, there was a there was a a Pereira on the card actually. Okay, who did fight? Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Um, Tell me about the undercard because I missed that, and apparently there were two fights uh, that at least need to be mentioned. Well, no, I yeah, I didn't watch the prelims, but um, it's interesting that the timing did work out like you just described, uh, and that is in large part because uh, Derek Lewis, uh, yes. Houston's own, Louisiana's own. Uh, decided to just uh, just absolutely send it, Randy, uh, with a uh, flying knee knockout in like 15 seconds. That was first round. First round. Oh, that okay. was that was how he started the fight. He didn't even break a sweat, Mister. My uh, balls no. is hot. For those my at home thinking hot. that Derek Lewis might be a, a small fly around guy or a uh, what's a guy who went all Trump after he did a flying knee and like got way too popular. Masvidal. Masvidal, like if you're thinking he's like a lean athletic fighter, like he's no, got he's, a lot in his bag. He's like holy shit, that's not what you expect. A flying <laughs> knee from a 265 pound man is is a terrible thing. Uh, took this fight on short notice, to, uh, and basically, I think that his whole plan was, I'm not in shape. I haven't been in a camp, so I just I got to end this thing as soon as possible if I can. And he did. Shout out to him. And then he had the. His his uh, post fight interviews have kind of waned a little bit. It's kind of the same bit every time. It's something referencing his balls. I believe he might have no- said what he was going to do to his wife after uh, yeah. he got home. Do you know what that was? What was that about, Dylan? I, uh, I do won't you have that say, quote for us. <laughs> I won't say exactly what he said, but uh, the implication was that he was going to go home and have sex with his wife. Is that what he said? I'm going to go home and have sex with my lovely wife. It, not in those words. What did he reference? He used. Uh, he said it a little bit more graphic. More graphically than that, I just couldn't. I couldn't help but picture his poor wife in the in the crowd, just being like, "God dang it, just shut up." He dude. said, "My he referenced my guts again, didn't he?" Yeah, he talked. <laughs> you don't don't talk about your wife's guts publicly. I've always said that. That's what he said. He did. Should do that. Bust right. them guts up. Bust them. Up. Come <laughs> yeah. on, dude. Uh. The uh, there was another fight that ended in a um, a head kick, but that's how the main card ended. Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, Gagey Poirier, they fought before. Gagey's known as a uh, a dude who hits harder than anybody in that division, but will is susceptible to getting clipped because he will throw away a game plan and just brawl, which is makes you a really entertaining and popular fighter, which he is. Um, and Poirier. Um, you'll remember him from his, uh, f- uh, I guess, fights with Conor McGregor. Um, oh, that Poirier is a great, got great hands. He's a great boxer. And yeah, he got head kicked and he went down, man. It's a, it's a really good, they're very respectful of each other. Um, kind of a, kind of a little uh, buddy comedy brewing. I'm sure they'll do a trilogy fight down the road. But um yeah, I mean, great card. Honestly, great night of combat sports, um, unless you're an Errol Spence fan. It was tremendous. Very happy I uh, stayed up to see it. Uh, let's let's uh, do that sports party. This is the part of the show where we talk sports and party at the same time. 
Um, Rangers making moves. Mm-hmm. Rangers all in. Uh, Scherzer. A couple days after getting Max Scherzer, the 39-year-old, uh, who's having an average year. Not great. Still, uh, probably better what they got at the four spot in the ro- rotation. Uh, went and got him. We went and got a dude from St. Louis, Jordan Montgomery, who I do like a lot. Pitcher? Yeah. So, yeah, we got two rotation guys, and one of them's Max Scherzer. It's a really, really weird year for the Rangers. It is. I I don't know what to make of it. We just got our asses swept in San Diego. Uh, Lineup's got a lot of holes in it right now. A lot of injuries, not looking good. Jonah Heim might be out for the year. Needs Seager back. sucks. Needs Seager back in a bad way. Maybe we go out and get some outfield help. Maybe we go look, uh, I don't know, maybe around Oakland way. There's (laughs) a guy out there we could get to come help us out. Uh, sticking with baseball, the Angels decided not to trade Shohei Otani before the trade deadline. Uh, they are instead going for the wild card spot. And uh, I think are it's they, a, you think they're wild hard for it? I don't know if they're wild hard for it, but I think it's a terrible decision by them. Just an absolute terrible decision. They could have moved him and gotten like several really strong pieces in place, but they're going to have him for the next few months. Maybe they make the wild card. Maybe they they're not gonna, you know, advance too far in the playoffs. In my Dude. opinion, they're not a, they're not an, uh, a very well rounded ball club. They just lost their third baseman. Got got hit with a fastball in the face. Really? Yeah. So they're down Trout. They're down Taylor Ward. Uh, I mean, Otani can get you pretty far. Yeah. He is the definition of a one man show. But. Speaking of. They had a doubleheader. It was over the when was it over the weekend or Friday? Friday, Saturday, somewhere in there. Anyway, they had a doubleheader. Uh, first game, he throws a complete game shutout, the first of his career. Game two of the doubleheader, same day, he hits two bombs. He he's doubled a, down on bombs. He's a freak. He's so sick, and and he's now it's coming out that the Rangers were like the best case scenario, like they had a real chance at getting him. Um, yeah, so now, now the Angels are going to keep him for the next few months, like I said. He's going to be a free agent after this year. He's going to go to a contender because he wants to win. And the Angels are going to have nothing to show for at the end of the day. Oh, so Please, God. Not a good move text. by them. Yeah. You're going to go Mookie, Mookie Betts and fucking Shohei Otani back-to-back. Like, I don't, I don't know it's any worse than getting uh, Trout and Otani, but still, like, it's just going to be silly. Ooh, we got breaking Doris Burke news. Uh, well, you know, we do have some breaking news and it's going to definitely affect the ability to be able to play, um, drops that I don't even think I have on the board because it ain't that season yet, but breaking news, Mark Jackson will no longer be offering absolutely nothing next to Jeff Van Gundy. Um, and Jeff Van Gundy, um, and Mike Breen on ESPN basketball games because he is out. At ESPN, they're talking about Doc Rivers or one and only great Doris Burke replacing him. Okay. All right. I don't. You know, I I, I wasn't a Mark Jackson Van Gundy fan. It's they were they provided good content every now and then. They would say something and people would tweet about it and be like, "Oh, dude, classic Van Gundy." But all right, as long as we as long as we we're not losing the Bang guy, you can't lose him. <laughs> I. I feel like uh, networks underrate how much, like, the chemistry, assuming the guys got along, like, that helps a lot. Like, I like when you have a team together long enough to be able to make fun of each other, and it plays well on air. I don't really see Doris and Van Gundy going back and forth on some stupid hypothetical rule that Van Gundy comes up with, like, landing well. They should shoot free throws from half court. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Arch Manning. Is that your Doris or your Van Gundy? I don't know. Uh, yes, Arch Manning. <laughs> yeah, Arch Manning signs a, uh, a trading card deal with Panini, which I always thought was a sandwich. Or that really bad song from What's-His-Face? Lil Nas X. That song is really bad. Not to be confused with Big X of the Plug. Yeah, they don't really sound anything alike. No. But they both have X in their name. Big X is a big guy. Yeah, Arch Manning signed a, uh, a deal with Panini and released a one-of-one one signed card, of which uh, proceeds for from the sale of the card was go- were going to go to charity. $102,500. A lot when of When does the card get there? I'm sorry? When does the card get there? Did you order this? Were you the buyer? If I had 100 
two thousand dollars to spend on a single trading card, I would probably wouldn't be working here anymore. <laughs> you don't. I would. I don't think you'd burn it on Arch Manning. And if you did, no, I no. think both David and I would be very upset if that's the route you. Went. And of course, <laughs> the ba- uh, the backup quarterback for Texas. Yeah, Darren Ravel <laughs> tweeted that the most a Peyton Manning signed card ever got in a cell was uh, like seventy six k something like that. So. You, you know whose card I would have spent that money on. Cumberland Willis Posey Jr. Mm-hmm. Why is that, Dave? Why don't you tell everybody? What do you what y'all call him his, when you were growing up? It says here in the tweet, <laughs> his friends called him Cum. It's just not which. And they put it on the plaque. Put a B after it at least. Doesn't make it much that much better. But like, come on. Yeah, that's a bad look. We didn't have to you think when memorialize that, the nickname. You think when that... I'm going to come. Yeah, that's it. Is that a newer term, maybe? Uh, probably, uh, yeah. Okay, I hope so. Hope it's... Yeah. Were you all familiar with his game? No. Okay. All right. You want to run it back? <laughs> yeah, run it back. Running back, of course, the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. KJ won the internet today, sir. Hmm. Sean Payton's posture is a little jarring. A little good. Also, he's perpetually bracing for a kiss from the homies. Dave and Dylan grip wood, but they don't put it in their mouths. That was a toothpick reference, by the way. Yes, thank you. Dave wasn't a bad kid, but he did do some minor trespassing. Skaters. KJ admires the guy in the collie suit, but it's a bit out of his price point. Colorado's mascot once shot his dick off with a t-shirt cannon pointed the wrong way. And finally, Dave wants the comp card. That concludes Run It Back. You only get one of those per week. You know the rules. Right. Uh, fun episode, guys. Yeah. KJ, what what uh, what dog, if you had the the funds for a dog suit, which dog are you going as? Uh, 100% either of the dogs from the uh, Snoop video. I'm going to go with the Doberman Pinscher. Mm. Uh, underpopularized these days, but certainly, uh, big in the nineties of like a threatening protection dog. Also like the leanest dog ever. So very, not the easiest to replicate in a uh, human sized suit, but fair, 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 fair. It's motivation though. You know? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Like I'll, maybe I'll, I'll go, um, whatchamacallit, Christian Bale and the machinist <laughs> diet on you. <laughs> KJ's got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, fun stuff. We'll be back next week. Um, any other announcements we got to make? The DraftKings, DraftKings uh, live streams coming back. Ooh. Coming back. Very exciting. And we might we have the freedom to move them around. We could maybe do Mondays if we want. If we want to do, I don't know. Mm. We can talk about it. This is all pulling back the curtain. We can talk about it in our Friday meeting. Let's talk that this Friday. We'll have an announcement next week. We'll let you know. But until then, Getting big God. Bye bye. Bye. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. I'll bring them dips.